and welcome to EQ's podcast and our Without Boundaries series. Here, we share ideas and practical solutions for how regulated business can make positive change. In this episode, we examine how businesses can gain greater understanding of their customers to help them improve their regulatory compliance. We hope you enjoy listening. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm Jonathan Britton, Consulting and Implementations Director for EQ. So I look after our business consulting and data analytics teams, as well as our teams who deploy our workflow platform. Um, our areas are strongly focused on helping clients solve problems in the complaints and remediation space. So we'll definitely be having a deep dive into the use of data in those areas today. I'm joined by Jen Towers, who heads up our data analytics function at EQ, and by Yola Sanger, who's head of financial services operations at FGH, who's kindly agreed to talk to us today. Jen, Yola, welcome. Do you want to give us a quick introduction and talk about the type of work you do in the data insight space? Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, hi, I'm Jen Towers. So I'm the head of technical design and data analytics within EQ. Uh, we work with a number of clients to improve their complaints and remediation reporting. We also support clients implementing customer data insights through our use of the complaints insight service. Uh, I'll hand over to Yola to go next. Yes, hello, um, I'm Yola Sanger and I am the Head of Financial Services Operations at FGH. So we're an online fashion retailer with a credit offering. So my role um, is based in the financial service area of that business uh, and I'm responsible for the oversight of all regulated activities within financial services. So that includes arrears management and recoveries. Uh, outsourced accounts and regulated complaints. Um, so any complaints that we receive about the financial product that we offer. Yeah, thanks guys. So to kick off the conversation today, I really want to talk about your experiences, both working with clients and within your own business. What do you see the biggest challenge to, to firms, both in capturing and in, in actioning insight from, from root cause data? One is, is that poor system. Um, if the root cause analysis step of the process or steps of the process doesn't have the something as simple as a, a drop-down list that is equivalent to the actual process, as an example. It could be a team are using a, a spreadsheet uh, and it's manually inputted rather than um, restricted down into that list view. Um, we find that that's, that's usually one of the bigger drivers. Yeah, poor systems. Um, but then when you do have a really good system in place, but the system maybe is too structured where you have to put mandatory data in, but the item that you need to put in isn't there, people will put anything and then avoid it and use workarounds around the system. So there's, there's definitely elements of both sides where you need a solution that is adaptable to the changing needs of the team, but also the changing landscape of RCA capture, I think, as well. Yeah, it's that fine balance with RCA, isn't it, between, you know, looking yeah. at capturing enough detail that you can do something with the output, um, but not capturing too much or, or too different, too many different codes, too different, many different categories, for example, that mean 
it's really difficult to, difficult to spot any trends you can actually do anything with you know so yeah. for example Jen you mentioned that you know you do see um, some places where data is captured it's done as free text and that means it's really difficult to actually identify any trends from free text data because there are so many different variations of it but conversely we can see where you know we're trying to capture some information to, to give us some insight and actually there's not enough variety so it's a really fine balance between having you know the right level of, of detail that you can that you can do something with but without having too much detail that makes you know any trends impossible to spot absolutely that... you, you need the ability to group those uh, types of complaints or issues or processes together uh, but like you say don't have too many uh, but don't have too few because otherwise there's just no way of identifying those trends over time yeah, exactly. I mean, we had, we had a really good example of that, didn't we, in a project we worked on where there was a client who um, effectively had to um, spin up a remediation where they uh, effectively had, it was a simple problem where the, the connection to their to their print system uh, wasn't working correctly from a number of different platforms. Um, and it led to a number of complaints they received uh, from customers who either weren't receiving checkbooks or annual statements or other documentation from that print system. But because the root cause capture um, wasn't able to kind of get down to the fact it was just that they haven't received something that should have been printed, it was really difficult to spot that problem because from a complaints perspective, it looked like they were getting lots of different complaints, like I haven't had my checkbook, I don't, I had these charges applied to my account when I wasn't told about them, or you know, I haven't received an annual statement for this account, which seem like different different issues, whereas actually the root cause of those are all the same, that, that something that should have been printed and sent to the customer wasn't received. And having really good quality root cause codes that allow you to kind of identify a particular problem from the root cause as opposed to just a, a, a category of complaint um, would have really helped to jump on that a lot more quickly. I think it, it took them quite a long time also on that particular issue uh, because they weren't able to centrally derive it. I think the different products within that particular uh, client yeah. had their own tracking systems for that correspondence from the customer. So although it was a printer centrally, that printer was uh, firing off, like you say, different products within the account, so a checkbook or a statement. Um, so because they were also logging the complaint issue and the RCA slightly differently, they weren't able to connect it for, you know, a long period of time. It should have been a lot shorter. And that's where the views of a client's multiple different systems need to be combined together, ideally, to, to one overall view. And you need to be able to drill down into each of those different areas as you need to uh, but that central view of all of your issues RCAs compliance is really important yeah absolutely and I guess that you know the regulator we, we all know that firms are required by the regulator to, to conduct root cause analysis and to take that actionable insight into the business and I think most of the firms we speak to, most of our clients are doing um, some activity in, in the root cause space and they are tracking the, the trends, the, the the big volumes of, of complaints. Um, do you think firms are doing enough with that information? Do you think that, that the insight they get is, is able to be translated into improvements in the business to prevent complaints? 
I think you know what you've already mentioned um, it, it is really pertinent to how effectively they are able to do that. Um, if the data is in uh, a format which allows you to identify where the issues are actually taking place, then it's much easier to be able to do that. You know, critical things for, for me and my teams are to be able to understand if the issues that you're identifying are being caused by a rogue agent or uh, is it all staff that are doing that? So you should be able to see that easily. Um, in the volumes or the individuals, um, you know, and you need to be able to identify if they are individual issues or if there's a wholesale um, training need, for example, within your teams. Um, and you should be able to see that easily from, from the root cause analysis. Um, you would want it to be able to identify which department or area of the business those issues are coming from. Um, so that you can um, put your, your energies and efforts in the right place. Um, I think data and root cause analysis has certainly helped us to identify and drive changes, um, for example, in some of our lending criteria um, off the back of uh, certainly some complaints that, that we've received. Um, certainly, it's can be used to help to speed up projects that might already be in plan. You know, your root cause analysis can really kind of give some insight into uh, repeat issues or, um, you know, how routinely something is happening. And you can certainly use that data to drive some project plans to, to prioritise um, getting things done. And we know that's a challenge for lots of businesses that, that kind of, um, you know, project priority list. Um, you know, for us, it's certainly helped us to uh, supported us to fine tune communication plans that we have with customers. Um, if we're seeing sort of repeat uh, feedback or complaints about a particular way that we have or haven't communicated with somebody, um, then we can target our, our efforts to, to make those changes or those developments. Um, and I think also it's helped us to revisit some historic processes as well. Our, you know, some of our, our processes have been in place for, for an awfully long time and sometimes there isn't an appetite to want to look and refresh those. But certainly if you're, you're getting feedback and data from your root cause analysis off the back of um, complaints, then that can help to uh, focus the mind to, to review some of those historic processes. And sometimes customers are your best advocates, aren't they, for, for doing something different. Quite often you can't see the wood for the trees yourself, but if you're getting feedback from, from customers about something that you're doing or you're not doing, that it can help you to review some of those historic processes. So um, I think that's definitely some of the ways that... Um, you know, we, we've we've used root cause and and we've gained benefit from it. So, Yola, how much do you think of that is is um, can be driven? How much of that improvement activity do you think can be driven from the data level? And and how often do you think that the data gives you a direction, but but needs further investigation? Um, I I think it can give you direction as often as you you look at it. Um, there's always something in that data. Um, and it really does depend on how often you're looking at it, uh, how open you are to um, kind of wanting to get under the skin of, of those issues. 
lots of businesses, I think, you know, report on a, a daily or a weekly or a monthly basis. Quite often root cause gets left to monthly um, so people can kind of do trend and thematic reviews around it. And I think you can always tease something out of that. Um, uh, and I think that there's a tendency to kind of look at the big things first for obvious reasons. But if you've got um, you know, the resource and, and the appetite to look at some of the smaller things, I think you'll, you know, you, you can tease lots of little operational improvements out of that, whether that's just frontline with your advisors or um, tightening things up in the system so that you um you know don't get those repeat issues so i think the you know, more often you look at it and the more resource you can apply to doing something with it then you'll get more out of it so i think with the with the regulator and just sticking with that theme on data points that are fed back into the business to improve processes uh, or fix those processes i think we also find sometimes with that exchange of data with the regulator and, and pushing data back to the regulator uh, sometimes that can be too detailed um, sometimes it's not enough but a lot of the times flipping it the other way uh, actually there's there's too much detail there and with that like the RCA categories that we talked about earlier on complaints you start to lose the value in that data that you're sending back, you, you start to lose the value of those trends um, and insights that might be needed because there's, there's just too much detail. So you can't narrow it down to a specific uh, process or team um, that might be working on that process or task. Um, and actually by, by separating them out into that lower level of detail, all of a sudden you you lose it because the volumes just aren't there to, to bother reviewing potentially or the value against them isn't there, if that makes sense. Yeah, and something we touched on a little bit earlier was around, you know, you just mentioned yourself there as well, is, you know, making sure that thought's given to um, to the data that might be needed um, in future. Um, and quite often, I think uh, it's, it's sometimes difficult to know what you might want to do with data in future when you're setting up a new process or a new platform or, um, uh, you, you know, thought needs to be given to how how data captured in that process or on that platform might be used. Do we think that you know it, that um, sufficient thought is given to to the future use of data at the point when we set up the capture system or the capture process? I think I think there's always an ambition of collating sufficient data in any new system build. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily able to be collated fully. I don't think it's harmonized fully um, at that point. Usually when there's a new system being implemented, the team that are implementing that system are concentrating on the solution, maybe concentrating on the process rather than data-to-data. Mm. Uh, data always seems to come as a, as a later thought or a last thought. Um, and, and usually only really for operational MI reporting rather than complaints analysis, I find. I think getting the right staff with the right expertise in any sort of solution build really early in that process is essential actually for that data 
data capture, which in turn and in the future will ensure those processes are fit for purpose and getting things right first time, or at least being able to identify where it, you know, where and when it's gone wrong. Um, yeah, I think that rings really true. When you know, when whenever we see new products, new processes, new systems being implemented, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. The big focus will be on how do we deliver this process or how do we deliver deliver this this um, particular project, um, and not so much thought given about what insight do we want to get later once we're live. What insight do we want to get in terms of how that's performing? So the data data that's captured tends to be focused on the data points that are needed to deliver that process not necessarily on on the data points that might be needed to give insight into how well that process is operating you're in your experience do you, do you often find that um you know the insight you're trying to get from some of your business processes is, is not immediately there is 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 data that you maybe wish had been captured captured when the process was set up or the platform was created or um do you find that you that your teams are kind of putting a lot of effort into uh, into defining the the data capture requirements at the start of any new process or or, or platform yeah, I think what, what Jen mentioned before is really evident that when systems are being designed, they're being designed with the operational process in mind and the uh, reporting or the MI functionality is often an afterthought. And by the time we get to that point, the system has been developed. And if there isn't a data capture point for that, the MI that you subsequent, subsequently ask for, then it's quite difficult to get that then retrospectively. Um, you know, certainly in our business, we've got a number of different platforms that we use. Um, you know, we have to find ways to, to integrate those and to extract data. Um, quite often that comes separately through, through other systems, the use of systems like SaaS. Um, uh, and I think that can be a real challenge. And then operational areas tend to find that they've got workarounds or little add-ons of things that they're using because things haven't it hasn't been mapped out holistically in the first place. Um, so some of that is to do with legacy systems or you've adopted a process from from somewhere else. Um, you know, having the luxury of designing something from scratch and being able to consider the data and the MI that you want at that point, you know, that probably doesn't happen very often. Um, and yeah, I think as we've said earlier in, it, it, you know, in this discussion, uh, data is often an afterthought. Um, and then you're in a situation of working out how you can actually get the information that you want based on the um, touch points or uh, that you've built into that system already. No, one of the things we've been working on obviously um, over the last year or so is just uh, the creation of the um, complaints insight tool, Jen, that you've been working on. Um, and uh, you're, you're now using that tool um, at FGH. So I just want to talk a bit about how we're trying to solve some of those problems with, with that tool. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I think um, it's probably fair to say that that we had to had some work to do in that space. Um, so uh, implementation of the new dashboard really highlighted some challenges that we had in terms of how we were using the front end system, and 
that was visible in the data. Um, I think the priority issue for us was around our root cause reasons. They needed a refresh. Uh, some of those root cause reasons were, or root cause analysis were not root causes in my view. They were more to do with complaint categories or complaint reasons. Mm. Um, and so actually they were not telling us what we needed to know. It was almost a duplication of information from how we were categorizing that complaint. Um, and so we've spent some time revamping all our root cause reasons. Um, and we've done that uh, at level one and at level two. And that's enabled us to categorise um, them as trends uh, uh, with a view to kind of grouping issues at those um, different levels. Um, and so we implemented those new cause reasons in October. Um, so we're now seeing the benefits of having done that and we can see that in our RMI. Um, and we've been working with you in terms of how we actually want to display that. So now that we've changed the, um, the data items, um, we've now moved on to how we want to see that. Um, and we've been able to tease out some issues such as where no root cause information was being populated. Um, where certain advisors were using a particular root cause because they, it was the easiest thing to click. They weren't necessarily clicking on the appropriate uh, root cause reason. They were just taking a bit of a shortcut. Um, so getting that data, those data items right and then the MI display right um, has enabled us to kind of tease out some issues there. And what we've done off the back of that is then we've done a data cleanse to resolve some of those issues so that actually what we're seeing is accurate. Um, so we're currently in a, in a world where we're working with some of the old root cause reasons and the new ones as we look retrospectively over some of the historic data. Um, but going forward obviously we'll we'll measure everything with the new root cause reasons that that we've selected um and we've been able to share that around our business um you know whilst we're on that journey um and, and the feedback from the, the wider business is that the new root cause reasons that that we've selected are um, much more insightful and we can do a lot more with them in terms of identifying um, challenges and, and trends and we've certainly provided feedback into some of the other operational areas um, where we feel changes need to be made off the back of some of those those newer root causes so uh, we've certainly been on a journey um, and we're still working with you guys on um, how information is displayed in the dashboard, um, you know, making little changes uh, to some of the on-screen views or, or um, you know, how some of that, that data is reflected. Um, but it's been a, a really valuable exercise um, uh, and uh, really beneficial to, to how we look at our data. That's great. And I, and I think, you know, the, the point around data being actionable is probably the most critical point, isn't it? And, you know, I think the 
this, the, the kind of um, differentiation between a complaint category and, a, and an actual root cause is something that's quite often forgotten about. And it's so important that, um, you know, the, the purpose of capturing a root cause is to understand what caused the complaint, because that's what you can do something about. That's how you actually make improvements to your processes. That's how you then, you know, prevent those future complaints. Whereas a category may just tell you what the theme of the complaint was. Um, and the theme of a complaint doesn't doesn't then point to the action that's needed to to prevent those complaints from recurring. And I think it's something we see quite a lot is 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 root cause um, hierarchies are quite often made up of of complaint categories to almost pigeonhole complaints in a particular way, rather than thinking about okay, but what can I do with that information? If I see lots of these complaints, what is the problem? What do I need to fix? Um, so that it, that kind of move towards making sure that the, the the root cause codes are definitely actionable or something that you can do something with and you can understand where the problem sits versus just understanding what types of complaints have been received is a, is a really important one. Yeah and, and you know we've definitely fallen into that trap previously um, and I think another thing that it's really highlighted is that some of the individuals working on that system um, were pr- probably uh, not entirely clear on what root cause was and how you um, establish root cause and we've delivered some training in that uh, area for for individuals um, to help support them to understand what root cause is how you identify root cause not just to accept the first thing that is in front of you to keep asking those questions to establish the true root cause. So um, the way that our system was set up previously didn't really support individuals who were um, investigating those complaints to um, be able to ask those questions because they were just categorising as the complaint Mm. reason. Um, So one thing's led to another and we have been able to deliver extra training um, and support people to to really understand what what root cause is. Yeah, and having the users understand what that data is ultimately going to be used for is really important, isn't it? That that if if the user who's capturing the data, the user who's entering the data, doesn't really understand what's going to be done with it, then that's when you can get those those challenges where people either don't see the importance of it or they, they don't really understand why it's important uh, to capture, as we said, discuss the cause rather than from the category. And, you know, we, 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 just for example, we, you, you might have lots and lots of complaints about fees and charges. You know, that would be, be a common category of complaint. Um, whereas actually, is it because the customer wasn't aware of the fees and charges? Was it they felt that they were too high? Did they not receive any information about them? Um, were they not clear in the original documentation? And those are when it's that it's that level of detail that you need to get down to to actually try and resolve that type of complaint um, to understand what what was the cause of the complaint, not not just what was the category that it sits in. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's certainly a lack of appreciation for the reason that you know certain data was certain data capture was needed um, and and that was why we were having problems with staff leaving certain fields blank or selecting to say that there was no root cause when clearly there was and we have spent some time giving staff the full picture you're explaining what our regulatory obligations are uh, in terms of capturing data and reporting on it Um, and once you give them that perspective uh, and they know why they're being asked to populate that information, uh, you get more buy-in from people and they're more likely to do it more accurately 
Um, and then I think, you know, what goes hand in hand with that is making that data capture easy and putting it in a way that, um, as we talked about earlier, sort of mitigates different spellings or formatting. Um, otherwise, you're setting staff and yourself up to to fail. Um, so it's kind of removing those pitfalls, really, um, you know, making it quick and simple for people to populate. So, you know, whether that's a drop down or, or a wizard. Um, uh, so I think that's been really critical point for us as well is just educating staff on, on why we're asking them to do that uh, and how they can do that uh, in a way that sits alongside their, their day job, if you like. Yeah, so this the, kind of the improvements made in in the um, the capture of the data as well as in in educating the users and the importance and the, and the purpose that that data will be used for. Obviously, it was really useful. And I guess the third element to it is then how that's then displayed and the insight that you can get from that data. So how have you found that the um, the Complaints Insight Service has helped you with the kind of visualization of the data? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, you, it, it's really easy to bring up the data that you need. Um, it's really easy to add filters onto there. Um, it's really very visual um, and you can pick out quickly what you need to see. Um, and you can look at slightly different views of that data on the same page. Um, and the different tabs are very easy to navigate back and forth between um, so whether you're somebody that looks at data on a daily basis, whether you're a, an operational person that needs to look at what's happening in your team, or whether you're a more senior person at exec level that doesn't look at it from day to day, week to week, and then, you know, you need to see that and you need to be able to interpret it quickly. Um, you know, that there's something for everybody in there uh, and, it, you know, it's very easy system to get on board with. And one of the other areas I think we've, we've focused a lot on, I guess, and, and this is off the back of, you know, some of the challenges that our clients have had is, is looking at emerging trends as well. And we, we say quite often for root cause analysis, we, it, there's a tend to focus on the high volume areas, which typically speaking, um, most people know about, most people know what the big volumes of complaints are that are receiving. But actually, it's, it's sometimes the, the bigger changes in the small volumes that can be most interesting. Um, you know, where, for example, there might only be a 5% volume of complaints um, under a particular root cause, but, but you know, for the last 12 months, it's been 1%. Um, and that might be something that can be acted on really quickly. And the sooner we identify those particular issues that are as small as, like you say, 1%, that the following week it's 2%, the following week it's 3%, we're able to identify those um, by applying a a layer or a filter, so to speak, on the dashboard to um, restrict the view to a particular percentage increase. Um, so we've built that as part of our standard core offering. And that allows the, our clients to drill down to that level, very quickly identify it and potentially, you know, stop the creation of a, a new remediation, as an example. Uh, like the printer issue that we talked about earlier, if that was caught sooner, then there would have potentially not have been the requirement for all that remediation that was in place. Yeah, absolutely. 
what's next on the on the on the journey then uh, you, you've got, there's obviously a lot of work being done today what's what's next on the journey what would you like to be able to see from the from the data that you're capturing use that data to create some sort of really meaningful um communication internally on what's happening um with our our complaints um and you know using some of the really great visuals that that are in that dashboard and kind of having that period of consistency as well using that that data um, so we are still um, in communication with you on um, some slightly different on-screen views that, that we would like to see and um, just some sort of small changes that we think will help us to um, understand or use the data <clears throat> a little bit more meaningfully. Thanks, Yola. I think... Um... I want to wrap up today by just asking both of you guys, and we've got some input on my own. What, what would your top tips be for firms trying to look to get better insight from the data they capture, in particular in the root cause space and the complaint space? Ben, I'll go to you first. My top one would be to keep your data clean at all times. We see it time and time again where different teams are capturing things slightly differently or their understanding of what is needed to be captured is slightly different um that can be down to the smallest team to the biggest organizations there is always a cleansing activity that we need to undertake when we implement our product um, our reporting services is really important but as yola's pointed out making sure the team are trained to capture it correctly because by capturing it differently but thinking it's clean it almost causes a, an issue that's even wider. Yeah, so keeping the data clean as often as possible rather than waiting until a, a big exercise comes along and it all has to be done in one go. Exactly. So my second top tip would be to make sure the resource that is producing your reporting or that you uh, hire out to a third party, such as Equinity, to produce that reporting uh, is experienced in both the product and the subject but also really experienced in analytics. So you need somebody that's an SME in all of those areas. We see quite a lot of the time, the reporting function within a business is usually by taking the top performers out of a complaints team, as an example, and then putting them into a reporting function when they haven't necessarily got the right experience or qualifications to be able to produce the visuals and dashboards that are needed to identify things like RCAs, trends, etc. So we find that that reporting is then quite poor. So then the business can't can't see enough to identify where those issues are. Oh, thanks, Jen. Yola, what would your tips be? Yeah, I, I, I'd concur with uh, with Jen there in terms of keeping your data clean, having um, experience firsthand, having to, to, to clean some of that up to, to get to the information that, that we needed. And uh, a critical way of doing that is to educate your front end users, um, help them to understand why they're populating certain things, what you're using it for, and the implications of them not doing that correctly um, and then I think just in terms of root cause and, and definitely the work that we've done around root cause we spent a long time thinking about what we 
wanted those root cause categories at each level to be and being really clear about whether they were root causes or whether they were categorizations or reasons for complaint and I think if you don't get those right then you're not going to be able to use that data in a meaningful way to demonstrate what the trends are or to tell you what is actually happening so it's that planning piece up front think about it before you embark on making those changes I think my top tip is probably very similar to yours. I think it, I all, my, my number one thing I'd always say in relation to to use of data or gathering insight from data is to think about the insight that you want to get. Um, think about what you're trying to do with that insight. Um, think about what actions you want to take before you decide what data to capture. Because um, as we discussed before, quite often the um, the data that's captured in a new product, a new process, a new platform is is really um, focused on delivering that process or um, or, or carrying out the um, the operational activity or generating operational MI, um, but not necessarily thinking about what insight and what action might I want to take. How do I want to measure this process? Um, how do I want to make sure everything's working correctly? Um, so really giving some thought to, um, to, to what you might want to do later, what insight you want to get into the process later um, when you decide what data you need to capture and how it should be captured. I think that wraps us up for today. So thanks, Jen, Yola, for joining us today. Um, it was a really good conversation. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the latest podcast from our Without Boundaries series. If any of the topics resonated with you today, do get in touch by emailing withoutboundaries at equinity.com. Or for more information, visit our website, equinity.com, and check back soon for more podcasts. 